a big amen this morning. We're glad to see you. Stand to your feet. Grab your hymn books now. Brother Ken's going to come lead us as we stand and sing together this morning. Let's make a joyful noise. Brother Ken. Amen. In your blue songbook this morning, hymn number 448. Brethren, we have met to worship. We'll do all four verses this morning. Hymn number 448. worship with us. We're glad you're here. Let me give you just a couple of quick prayer requests this morning. Continue to pray for Brother Robert Turner. Vicki, you brought him home on Friday, right? To pray for him. Long ways to go. So pray for Brother Robert, Sister Vicki, as she's continuing to take care of him. And of course, uh, Brother Whitlow as well. He's recovering nicely, uh, but you continue to lift him up. Pray for services today. We're looking forward to God's presence. Amen. I want Brother Cassidy to open us up in prayer. You listen now as Brother Cassidy prays. Let's join him this morning. Brother Gerald, pray for us, man. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to come back and study another portion of your word. Lord, we just pray that you'll just help us today to just put our cares and troubles aside just for a little while, Lord, and just focus on you. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have to celebrate our mothers, Lord, the ones that are still with us, the ones 
ones that are not, Lord, we just thank you so much for allowing us to have them and for what they have done for us and, and through us. They're, a lot of those, them are reflected through us. Only the good things, Lord, not the bad, but we just, we just thank you for what, uh, what you've given us. Lord, we pray for the services this morning. Just pray especially for someone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you'll just touch them. Give them the need and the urge, Lord, to come to know you before it's eternally too late. We just thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for the song service that we can just raise you up in, in song. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Pray for the choir this morning. For all the songs we sing, this is one of my favorite. I sure love to hear Miss Marcia sing it. You listen now as the choir sings this morning.
God for very long, you can reflect back over how good he's been to you. And you think about the past he's brought you through and the present he's going to keep carrying you through. You listen now as Brother Scott sings, Past is a Promise. Just 
Amen. I'm glad when he's all that we've got, we figure out he is all that we need. Thank you for being here on this Sunday morning. We're honored by your presence. We want to welcome our visitors out today. Uh, we are so delighted to have you with us. You have never been more welcome uh, to any church than you are to ours. We're honored by your presence today. Several announcements that I want to take you through before we let our little ones head out to Children's Church and Junior Church. First of all, uh, no evening services tonight. We always give you the evening off to spend with your mother and your loved ones on this Mother's Day. So no evening services tonight. Uh, but I do want to remind you of several things that are happening. First of all, this coming Thursday... You don't want to miss this. This is the social event of the year, the uh, SAGBC Child Care Graduation. You've never been blessed until you see five-year-olds in their full regalia walking across the stage. Uh, it will begin at 7.30, right? 7.30. And a couple of things I need to call your attention to in that regard. Uh, we are looking for some parking lot attendance, as always. That is our biggest event of the year next to our Christmas production, so your help with that is appreciated. Uh, you'll need to be here by 6.30, gentlemen. Then right after services today, teens, young adults, I need your help, young men. Uh, we've got to get the pulpit, the chairs, everything gone from here to get ready for this uh, Thursday's event. So please help me out with that right after the services. Uh, uh, again, uh, the pulpit needs to be gone. Just like we do for our Christmas production, we need to get these things down in preparation for Thursday night's graduation. Then coming up in just a couple of more weeks is our final Awana for the year. And then on Sunday, May 27th, we'll have graduation for Awana that evening. The first Sunday of June is graduation Sunday here where we recognize those folks who are graduating from high school or any college program. As always, we'll have our table set up. You can do a display uh, to commemorate your milestone. We'll have some gifts for you as well. A couple of things you got to remember. Please, if you're going to use a table, make sure you see Sister Susan Horsley so we make sure we have enough out. And make sure I've got your name. You can give that to Leanne. I think we've got everybody's, but just make sure. I would sure appreciate it. And then, of course, we have our college graduation on uh, uh, June the 16th. That's a Saturday, 6 p.m. in the sanctuary. And don't forget, uh, you young folks uh, who are going with us to our teen conference, uh, the golf tournament to help support that is coming up on June the 23rd. All the proceeds go for the teen conference expenses, and we're looking for lots of assistance, uh, raising support for the holes, uh, and then also uh, for the tournament day itself. Brother Ken's got that information, and there's flyers over in our postal area as well. Then uh, when you leave today, uh, you're gonna be, uh, uh, there are going to be some folks standing at the back door to give something to you. I want to explain what's going on with this. Uh, as you well know, uh, those of you who have been here for a while, our church uh, is a proud partner with Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we deliver uh, many, many boxes every year. It's one of the ministries that we love to support, one of our 70-plus missionaries as well. A couple of things are getting ready to occur uh, to help support that. Uh, we set a goal this year to have 200 shoe boxes that we collect that will be sent all over the world uh, to let folks know about the love of Jesus Christ during the Christmas season. If you've looked at any of that information, you know that many of these kids don't get anything but this for Christmas. And always included in there is some biblical information in their language in addition to all the good things that are in that shoe box. During the month of July, we will do our Christmas in July. We always do that. There'll be specific things we'll ask you to bring in, crayons, coloring books, things like that. We'll give you that list in July. But during the months of May and June, uh, we're going to ask your help 
uh, the shoe boxes uh, now are charged. We get charged for the shipping, uh, and uh, it can get rather expensive. Uh, to just give you a heads up, with the 200 boxes that we hope to uh, send, that'll be a couple thousand dollars in shipping charges. So to help offset that during the months of May and June, we've got little uh, pill bottles that... Um, Sister Mary Margaret was, uh, these are not mine. <laughs> Sister Mary Margaret, don't get, don't get excited. Sister Mary Margaret was able to get for us. These are, nothing is on them except a Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child logo. Uh, what we're going to ask you to do is to fill these with quarters during the next two months. Uh, this will hold $11 in quarters if you fill it all the way. And then if you bring it in, you can get another one. The money that you bring in during the month of May and June in this uh, will go to help offset those shoebox cost shipping that will be charged at the end of the year. I would love for us to be able to collect 200 of these. That way it's all paid for, and we don't have to worry about where that money is going to come from. And you don't have to give at the end of the year at Christmas time. You don't have to give any shipping for your own shoeboxes that your family might collect. So as you bring them in, uh, you can get another one, and we'll make sure that it all goes to that capacity. We would sure appreciate that. Uh, in, in that regard. All right. With today being Mother's Day, we always love to honor our mothers. We always got a couple of special gifts. So I want to start this way. Uh, if you are a mother, I would like for you to stand all over the church. All the moms, if you're able to stand. If you can't stand, that's okay. But all the moms, I want you to stand and be recognized. Uh, let's give these ladies a great big round of applause. Stay standing if you're able to. Amen. Abraham Lincoln said he, he was who he was. Everything he learned was at the knee of his mother. So I thank you for being here today. It is our privilege to welcome you. We've got a couple of gifts today where we're going to celebrate our oldest mothers. So let me start this way. All of the mothers, if you don't mind sharing your age, play with me here on this now. If you are 50 and above, stay standing. All the mothers, 50 and above, stay standing. Look at these beautiful senior saints standing out there. Amen. Give them a round of applause. There's five or six who just looked at their husband and said, I'm not a senior saint. Don't get any ideas. I saw you. I'm not calling her names, but her initials are Teresa Cassidy. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right. 55 and above. Stay standing. And there's seven or eight went down. I'm done. <laughs> 60 and above. Stay standing. 65 and above. Stay standing. Now, these are our senior saints. We love you, ladies. Thank you for what you've done. I love you, love you, love you. 70 and above. Stay standing. Wow. 75 and above. Stay standing. Look at there. We only have two gifts. Yeah, if, if it's more than two, y'all going to have to go outside and duke it out. I'm just telling you. 85 and above. Stay standing. All right. Up, up, up. We're down to two. May I ask uh, Mrs. Sh well, well, we got three. Okay, hold on. All right. All right, let's see. Mrs. Sheeler, how old are you? 86. Sister Art? 86. How old are you, ma'am? 90. Amen. Hold on. Stay standing, ladies. Wait a minute, you... We know where one of them goes. All right, Miss Sheeler, when is your birthday? March the 3rd. So you just turned 86 a couple of months ago, right? Sister Ira, when's your birthday? August the 9th. You'll be 87, right? This one goes to the other one goes to Miss Iris. Give these ladies a big round of applause. Amen. Thank you so much. Miss Iris is in the back. You can sit down, Miss Iris. Uh, 
uh, uh, she'll bring, my daughter will bring it to you. Thank you so much, ladies. We love you. We appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, heaven will only reveal the influence that godly mothers have on the lives of ourselves. We understand today that a godly mother is one of the greatest influences anybody could ever have. And so we salute you this morning, and we appreciate your presence today. Let me, she's right there in the back, baby. Last row, beside of Mrs. Whitlow. There you go. All right, let me get all the young folks that are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. Come on and make your way down this morning. If you're visiting with us, they're going to come around and collect any loose change that you have. This helps support our ladies' ministries and our children's ministries. Here at the church, we call this our Penny March. So anything you've got to give, we sure appreciate it this morning.
Yes, uh, we'll have folks at both entrances regarding our Samaritan's Purse uh, uh, money collection. So as you leave, uh, if you're able to help us out with that, you can grab one. If you're not able, that's fine. Just uh, uh, that's no problem. We don't want you to take it unless you're able to help us uh, uh, because we want to make sure all of those get filled up. But we'll have them at both entrances as you leave today. And then also, in addition to our moms, uh, we always like to uh, welcome our young soldiers who are with us. Stand up, Christian. We're glad to see you, buddy. Christian Bolio's in the armed services, and he's with us today. We appreciate your service, young man. I, I, I still believe that those who serve our country are heroes, and I appreciate what you're doing, Christian. Lord bless you for that. All right, uh, gentlemen, come on and make your way down this morning, if you would, please. Uh, you be obedient unto the Lord. Uh, Sister Connie, you come get ready to sing for us, uh, and uh, uh, you be obedient with his tithes and your offerings, and God will bless you for that. And we're going to pray. I ask God's blessings upon the offering. And uh, Sister Connie's going to sing for us. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Lord, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, uh, that name that is above every name. Uh, and Lord, we thank you for what you've done already in our services today. Lord, we thank you for our moms, for the influence that they've had upon our lives. Many of us uh, stand here today knowing that we are who we are because of the influence of our godly mothers upon our lives. Bless now our services today. Bless Sister Connie as she sings and our 11 o'clock hour. We'll praise you. We'll thank you in the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Precious memories Unseen angels Sent from somewhere to my soul How they Of my childhood 
good let's all stand together one more time hymn number 203 this morning the windows of heaven will sing it one time through have a time of fellowship page number 203 
playing, ladies. Appreciate you fellowshipping with each other. If you come to this church, I say it all the time, somebody doesn't shake your hand or hug your necks because you ran away from them. And I am absolutely convinced if my wife and Miss Lisa didn't stop playing, three hours later, we'd still be fellowshipping. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 31 this morning, please. Proverbs chapter 31 this morning. All over America today, in pulpits, folks will be talking out of this chapter. Preachers will be reading verses out of this chapter in honor of this very, very special day. And in fact, I don't think there are too many Mother's Day messages that I've preached that I've not used at least some portion of this chapter for reasons that, that you will understand in just a moment. Proverbs chapter number 31. While you're turning there, let me ask you some questions this morning just to think about and put a smile on your face. A buddy of mine sent me this a couple of years ago. And this, just this simple statement that as mothers have more children, things change. In fact, this is called the evolution of motherhood. So that you'll understand, we're going to do it from the child's perspective. So let me ask you some questions, first of all. How many of you are like me, that you are an only child? Raise your hand. Look around. These are the ones that mamas and daddies got it right the first time. Amen. Where mamas and daddies looked at that little bundle of joy and said, we can't do any better than that. Amen. That's right. That's right. Uh, my wife, shortly after we started dating, and we were with my parents, and I remember one night she looked at me and she said, gosh... As an only child, you are absolutely spoiled rotten. And my response is, yep, amen. <laughs> proud, proud of it, amen. <clears throat> How many of you have siblings, but you are the oldest child? Look around. These are the ones that everything was special for. Everything was perfect. The bottles had to be boiled. Diapers had to be changed perfectly. Yeah, you'll know more in a minute. How many of you are the second child in the family? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Very good. These are the ones uh, that things got a little bit lax on. Everything wasn't quite as persnickety. How many of you are the third or later? These are the ones where they just said, find something and shut her up. Amen. Amen. This is the evolution of motherhood. Ladies, mothers, we'll start with your maternity clothes. For your first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms you're pregnant. For your second baby, you have to wear your regular clothes as long as you can. For your third baby, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Preparing, this is hitting home for some of y'all, isn't it? Amen. Preparing for the birth of this precious little child. For the first baby, you practice your breathing religiously. Preparing for that big day. 
the second baby. You don't bother practicing because you remember that the last time breathing didn't help one little bit. And for the third baby, you ask for an epidural at your six-month checkup. <laughs> when Lydia was being born, this has nothing to do with you, Lydia, so don't panic. When Lydia was being, James, James was a cesarean, but uh, Lydia was, was, was a natural birth. And so we went through the childbearing classes together. Uh, we were ready and prepared. And, and so uh, uh, when, when it's time for these contractions, I'm standing there by the best. Come on, baby, breathe, breathe. Come on, breathe. And uh, the epidural was wearing off, and they had told her that it was too late for another one. So she's going to do this, do, do this au natural. And uh, I said, when, when a contraction comes, Renee, I want you to grab me and squeeze as hard as you have. I want, I want to feel your pain. One of those contractions hit, and she didn't grab my arm. She grabbed my bottom lip. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, you're going to feel my pain. I'm going to stretch your bottom lip over the back of your head. Amen. <laughs> Pacifiers. Evolution of motherhood. Pacifiers. For the first baby, that pacifier falls on the floor. You put it away until you can go home, wash it, Boil it, sterilize it, place it in the drainer just so, so that the water drips away from it correctly. For the second baby, pacifier falls on the floor, you pop it in your mouth, clean it, stick it in. For the third baby, somebody finds something, anything to shut this child up. <laughs> Amen. Going out with family. First baby. First time you leave that baby with a sitter, you call home every 15 minutes. For the second baby, you just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave her a number where you can be reached. And for the third child, you absolutely dare anybody to call you for anything other than blood. And finally, diapering, changing that diaper. For the first baby, you change your baby's diaper every hour, whether they need it or not. For the second baby, you change the diaper three, four hours if needed. For the third baby, you do your best to change the diaper before somebody complains about the smell three houses down. Amen. All right. Proverbs chapter 31, please. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 31. We often refer to this as the ideal mother, the ideal wife, the Proverbs 31 wife. Every time I read a passage or preach out of this, I always think back to the homegoing service I was honored to have a part in for Brother Coffee's mother. There were three preachers, three of us, and uh, I was to go first. And uh, oftentimes when there's multiple preachers, right before you go out, you'll check in with each other to find out who's preaching on what so that you don't replicate one another. And so uh, we looked at each other, and, and one of the preachers who's at home with the Lord now looked and said, Brother Greg, what are you preaching out of? And I said, Proverbs 31. And he looked at the other preacher and said, Buddy, what are you preaching out of? And he said, Proverbs 31. And we looked at the, th the third preacher and what are you preaching out of? He said, Proverbs 31. Preacher, what did you do? I'm just glad I went first. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 31. Let's start, if we could, please, at verse number 10. Verse number 10. 
Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat, or we would say food, to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and notice that next clause, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out, goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for her all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth. Notice this. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Boy, look at verse 30. Favor is deceitful. The word favor there actually means physical beauty, physical looks, being well favored physically. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hand that her own works praise her in the gates. Father, again, thank you for Proverbs 31. The description of the virtuous woman. Lord, I thank you for the influence that mothers have for many of us upon our lives. Lord, I pray now that you would take the simple outline that I, have, I believe you've laid upon our heart today, that you'd use it. As we pause a moment to celebrate our mothers, for many of us it is to celebrate the memory of our mothers, yet for others it is to celebrate the fact that we still have our mothers with us. Whatever the case may be, I pray that you'd use the message this morning to help us recognize and celebrate the impact that these precious ladies have upon our lives. Lord, as always, if there's someone here today that's not entered into that relationship. They're not a Christ follower. 
They don't walk the pathway of Jesus Christ. I pray that the Spirit of God would convict them today that this Mother's Day, 2018, would be their day of salvation. Lord, we love you. We sure thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. Proverbs 31 is often correctly referred to of the model for a wife and mother. Would you amen me this morning that God is the master designer? He created male and female. He knows what both of them need, created them in such a way so that they are both fearfully and wonderfully made. And contrary to popular media today, God is not a chauvinist. When you listen to some people preach and teach about Proverbs 31, you would almost think it was made to make women feel guilty or place unrealistic explanations or expectations upon their lives. Oftentimes when preachers preach out of this passage, we walk away from it, ladies do, I understand, thinking I could never measure up to that. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. God did not create this uh, Proverbs 31 proverb to somehow make you feel uh, inferior to your own life, but rather to make you understand that as ladies, he has created you in a beautiful, wonderful way. Anyone who does not understand that there is many differences, there are many differences between the male and female other than just anatomical differences, we understand that God made us very unique and very different. Women are incredibly complex creatures. Men are duds. Amen. <laughs> We're pretty simple. Women are just, now ladies look back up here at me. <laughs> I saw 28 women go, yeah. <laughs> women are complex. Women are those that God made for very specific reasons in Scripture. We're going to look this morning at just two things. Two things that I hope will show you, ladies, what God has for you, why he created you the way that he did. I think I'm going to share with you some things that I doubt you've heard from most preachers in talking about this Proverbs 31 woman. And also, fellas, I want to encourage you today to do just as Scripture mandates in Proverbs 31 to praise and value the woman in your life or the women in your life, whether it's your wife, your mother, your daughter. Celebrate and praise the woman that God created them to be. Two things that we'll look at. I'm titling the message this morning, let's talk about mama. Let's talk about mama. Two things I want us to look at. Number one, her persona, and number two, her praise. Two things. Number one, her persona. Number two, her praise. Let's start at the beginning, her persona. When God sets out to describe this Proverbs 31 woman, he lets us know right away that she's a married lady. She's described at the very beginning as a valuable wife. She is described as a valuable wife. Now let me pause just a moment before we go any further. 
Because I want to speak for just a second, if I can, to our single ladies. I want you to understand that when I talked this morning about the Proverbs 31 wife and mother, this is by no means suggesting that if you are or remain single, that you're unable to live up to these expectations or that you cannot fulfill the roles that are outlined here. In fact, when you read 1 Corinthians, you find that God places incredible honor on being single. In fact, to be very clear with you, the Apostle Paul says it's better to remain single because you are able to do some things and have a dedication to the Lord that a married wife or a married husband is unable to do. I don't want you listening this morning to this message thinking that somehow singlehood is a second-class person. Nothing could be further from the truth. But the message is indeed alluding to the fact that, first of all, for this woman, she is described as being a valuable wife. Look with me, if you would, back at verse number 10. Notice what Scripture says. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Verse 11 lets us know immediately that she's married. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. It is eminently glorious that Scripture says that this is a valuable wife, an elegant mother, if you will, for she has earned the respect of her husband. She's earned her husband's trust by working with him and not against him. What an example this is to follow. I don't mind sharing with you that this is a lesson that Renee and I had to learn early in our marriage. We are both very much type A people. We both uh, like to be in charge. We both like to take over a situation. We both kind of walk in and, and kind of just go with it. Uh, and there were some times where we had to sit down and say, we're not going to compete against each other. we got to work together. I will submit to you moms and dads that the greatest thing you will ever do for your children is work as a team, uh, not in competition. One of the great uh, mistakes of my childhood was at times trying to pit my father against my mother. I don't know how it was at your house, but at my house, uh, if daddy had already said no, you don't go ask mama. And if mama had already said no, you sure don't go ask daddy. Because the answer was still no, but there'd be some repercussions for what you was trying to pull off. She's a valuable valuable wife. Can I remind all the moms and dads that when it comes to child rearing, you've got one goal and that's to raise godly kids. You're on the same team. You're on the same playing field. You're working for the same coach. You might have different strategies. You might have different ways of going about child rearing, but don't compete against each other and never, ever, ever let your kids think that you're in competition or that you're anything other than a unified team. She's a valued wife. But here's what I really like about this for reasons I think you'll understand. She's also a vigorous worker. She's a vigorous, hard-working woman. 
It's very clear that this woman works inside the home. But surprise upon surprise that you don't hear from too many preachers, this woman also works outside the home. Let's take a look at the first part of that. This woman is, by all accounts, a homemaker and a home builder. Verse 15 tells us, She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat, or we would say food, to her household, and a portion to her maidens. Verse 27 says, She looketh well to the ways of her household. Unquestionably, this woman understood that she was, if you'll allow this, the spiritual tone of the home. As the wife, as the mother, she set the tone of the home. Every lady in the building will have to say amen to this. Uh, Being a homemaker is the most demanding and thankless job on the planet. As a homemaker, whether you work outside the home or not, as a homemaker, you're a nurse, you're a teacher, a psychologist, a dietitian, a housekeeper, a cook, and a thing finder. What thing, preacher? Whatever it is that's missing. This past week, Renee and I had to be in New York for a couple of days for the college. Set to fly back on Thursday. We sat on the tarmac for three hours, and then the flight got canceled, so they wheel us back to the terminal. And so we've got to find a place to stay. It's 11.30 at night. Got to be back. They've rebooked us the next morning. We got to be back at 5 a.m., the ne- 5.30 the next morning. So we got six hours to get our luggage, go find a place to lay our head for a couple hours, get back to the hotel in New York City of all places, get back to the airport and get off the ground. So both of us ended up with about three and a half, four hours sleep. Friday morning we get up, I'm going through my toiletry items, putting things in the shower, and I'm going through them and I say, Renee, I think I've left my razor at the other motel. She said, Greg, are you sure? I'm sure I packed it. She goes, no, I said, Look, I'm looking around. I said, no, honey, it's not there. I'm looking everywhere. I can't find it. She said, Greg, it is laying right there in the shower where you just put it seven seconds ago. And I looked at her and I said, am I supposed to remember this? It's been nearly ten seconds, and you think I'm supposed to remember it? But she found it. In fact, I turned around and said, oh, look, honey, there it is. I found right where I laid it. Amen. It is almost even this morning. We're getting ready for church. I'm going through the place where my toothbrush is supposed to be. And I said, Renee, have you moved my toothbrush? And she said, no, honey, I haven't moved your toothbrush. And I said, well, it's not here, and this is where I put it. And she walks in, and she moves one item. It's under that item right there. And I said, well, would you put that under the item for There's not a week that goes by, sometimes a day that goes by, where I don't say, Renee, have you seen? And it's almost inevitable, whatever it is, she knows where it is. There's never been a day where she said, have you seen my shoes? (laughs) Because I couldn't tell you where none of it is. She's an ideal wife and mother, vigorous worker, works hard at home, takes work today, church, to build and maintain a family. Let me say that again. Building, creating, and maintaining a family is not for lazy people. Homes don't take care of themselves. Relationships don't take care of themselves. Children don't take care of themselves. 
and televisions and computers cannot be babysitters. It takes work today to create, build, and maintain a home. Husbands, listen to me. That's not mama's work. That's everybody's work. That's not wife's work. That's everybody's work. So husbands, appreciate the work that your wife does. Wives, appreciate the work that your husbands do because that's what it takes to build a home. You understand a house is not a home. It's made up of the people that live inside of it. She's a vigorous worker. She works hard at home. Then there's an element that I think far too preachers actually talk about that's right here in Scripture. She also works outside the home. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. In my 40-some years of preaching, or excuse me, 40-some years of life, 20 years of preaching, 17 of pastoring, I don't think I've ever heard a preacher talk about this. This is a woman who also works outside the home as well. Look at verse 18. Look at verse 18. Actually, go back to verse 16. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out not by go, goeth out goeth not out by night. Verse twenty four. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. If I'm reading this right, and I know that I am, this is an entrepreneurial minded woman. This is a woman who's created her own little small business. She's making stuff. She's building stuff. She's creating stuff. She's buying things. She's selling things. And if you read what all this family has, this woman has maidens. She's got fine linen. She's got a household full of stuff. And it ain't just because of what the husband's doing. In fact, we don't know anything about what he's doing. We know that this woman's got a business she's created, and it's bringing in some bucks for the house. This is an entrepreneurial, spirited lady uh, who has created her own business uh, and is bringing in a livelihood to her family. Now listen, ladies. You'll also understand that she does not shirk the responsibility of a husband and a mother for her business, for her job. This is a message for husbands. This is a message for wives. This is a message for mamas and daddies. We all get busy, and there's nobody who gets busier than I do. I get it. But do we understand that relationships don't take care of themselves? That husband and wife relationship, that parent-to-child relationship, as busy as we can get, those relationships are what matter because that business, the money, none of that matters. If everything at the household falls apart, somebody say amen there. She works hard on the job home outside of her home this is a lady who even works hard when she shops look at verse 13 I love this she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands she's like the merchants ships she bringeth her food from afar she riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. This is a hard-working woman. I can almost see her in modern-day technology sitting there with her cell phone, scrolling through, deciding what she's going to buy and sell. She makes transactions after transactions. She's doing this uh, as a way of bringing in uh, money for the family, a way of supporting the family, uh, of a way of bringing in income and sustaining the life that God has blessed them with. 
And again, when you read the next few verses and you see the purple linen and the scarlet, uh, those are very expensive things that she has. Uh, and God is blessing her efforts. Her reward uh, is that she's able to create a beautiful home with her family uh, through her efforts and that of her husband's. It's a woman who understands the value of the money that she's bringing in. She's a woman who respects the home. I often share this story. Some of you have heard it before, but it is really one of my favorites. Years ago, my parents had graciously blessed my family. This was our Christmas gift, birthday gift, everything for the year, with a cruise vacation with them. They paid for it, uh, which I loved. I told you I'm an only child. God's good. Amen. It was their, their gift to us. And so we're in, uh, I had to travel, and we're in a little town, uh, and, and, and Renee has said, I, you know, while you're in uh, workshops today, I'm going to go looking for a dress uh, for the formal night of the cruise. I didn't say this, but in the back of my mind, I thought, there's 892 but you can't, in your closet. You can't find one of them? Nope, none of those work. Don't look at me cockeyed. You know what I'm talking about. And so I come home from this workshop, and there is this absolutely gorgeous, elegant, spectacular, beautiful, purple taffeta gown laying on the bed. And being the stupid lug that I am, you don't have to say amen there, honey. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, that is gorgeous, honey, uh, the first thing I said was, good Lord in heaven above, how much did that cost? She looked at me and she said, excuse me? You see, I should have known then to shut up. But I said, how much did that cost? And she said, I found it at a consignment shop. It was $5. What'd you do, preacher? I pulled out a $10 bill, threw it at him, and said, go buy two more, baby. Amen. In reality, this Proverbs wife and mother is someone who understands that she is part of the family network and she and her, listen now, she and her husband are creating a life, a home, and a family together. She's a virtuous woman. She's a vigorous worker. Her persona. I want you to know number three this morning. Not only is she this valuable wife, a vigorous worker, Scripture describes, as we've already said, a virtuous woman. In fact, it begins in verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? Goes on throughout the rest of the chapter to describe what that virtue is. And we get down to verse number 30 and 31 where we really hit home. And I hope every young man, uh, every young lady, single, uh, married or otherwise, will listen very closely to this. Uh, because Scripture is very clear in verse 30 that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. It goes on to say, The woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. May I put it to you another way? In a way that we'll understand? Looks fade, virtue doesn't. Looks will fade, virtue doesn't. We understand today, church, that there is an incredible amount of emphasis placed upon looks. Don't misunderstand me. There's no sin, shame, or sorrow in making yourself look good. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but God, give us some folks today who are just as concerned about how they look on the inside as they are the outside. 
because the outside will fade. That young man that you think is such a hunk, I promise you will one day turn to a chunk. Amen. With a few possible exceptions, uh, and they need to get saved. Amen. The reality is, folks, time does credible things to our physicality, but somebody who is beautiful on the inside rarely loses that with age. In fact, they tend to just get more and more beautiful. She has compassion. She has character. She gives godly counsel. All described in these verses. A virtuous woman, someone to be praised. Her persona. Secondly, not only do I want you to see her persona, I want you to see the praise that is heaped upon her. I'm going to pause and take a little detour now. I'm not talking to the mamas. I'm not talking to the women. I'm talking to us men, and I'm talking to us as children for our own mothers. You see, Scripture is very clear. that The last four verses of this proverb describe a godly woman's praise that she is deserved. And I want to say to every husband... Every teenager and every young person that still has your mother around, you know and we know, but I'm going to say it anyway, we ought to take time to praise the mother God gave us. Amen. I used to hear preachers preach about this when I was a youngster growing up, and it never really resonated until I was there with my mother as she was breathing her last breath in her final days. And now, like most of you who have gone through that, you understand that you can't go back now and say the things you wish you'd said then. Why do we do it? Why do we heap praise upon them? Well, number one, because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Verse 28 makes it very clear. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Feels good to brag on your wife. It feels good, husbands, to brag on your wife and children to brag on your mother. It's good to be positive and say those things about the people in their lives. Understand, folks, uh, that the world today beats up the child of God, beats up the Christian, beats up uh, a woman who tries to live a virtuous life. Uh, And so when you have somebody like that in your life and in your corner, it does us good to tell them, uh, thank you for being who you are. But it's also a biblical commandment. Ephesians 6, uh, verses 1 and 2, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But then it also tells us to honor our father and mother. When we're under their roof, uh, when we're living with them, uh, we obey them. Uh, We do what they say when they're footing the bill. Uh, When we're on our own, uh, we now honor them. Uh, We don't conduct our lives in such a way that brings dishonor to them. Teen boys, young men, listen carefully. You watch a way, you watch the way that young girl treats her parents. Listen to me. You watch and you pay attention to the way that girl treats her parents. Girls, you watch how that young man treats his mother. I promise you, the way he treats his mother is how he'll treat you. Amen. You watch how that young man talks to his parents and the respect he does or does not have. Fathers... The greatest gift you will ever give your son is to show him how to treat a woman like a lady. Amen. The greatest gift you will ever give your son is to show him how to treat a woman like a lady. Show him how to love her, cherish her, take care of her, 
and show him how to embarrass the absolute fool out of the children by kissing and making out in the kitchen. Amen. Amen. I ta- Amen. You've said it right there, Bubba. I take great pleasure in embarrassing my children in their adult lives. In fact, in f- in fact, uh, there are few things in the world that bring me greater pleasure than heaping the embarrassment upon my children that they've heaped upon me for the last 21 years. Amen, preacher. That's good right there. Amen. Show them what it means to be a married husband and wife. Listen carefully. There are far too many unmarried couples acting like they're married and not enough married couples acting like they're married. Amen. Why do we praise them? Because it's the right thing to do. Because it honors God. And finally, because it strengthens godly women. Go with me again to verse number 29. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. I often talk about how difficult it is for men today who are visually inclined. Talk about today how difficult it is for men to live sanctified, holy lives. Would you also listen to me? It is very challenging today with society going the crazy direction that it's going in for a woman to be a virtuous, godly woman. Today's society, they're somehow looked at as second-class citizens. Today's society, a godly woman is devalued, and I'm wise enough to know that a godly woman is the greatest gift a husband can have. I'm wise enough to know uh, that a virtuous mother is one of the greatest things a child can have. So parents, mamas, when society tries to convince you that being a godly mother uh, is not the direction to go, understand that God wrote the book and he knows what he said before you even understood it. He spoke it. He created it. Scripture tells us that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows everything that you need before you're even old enough to acknowledge it. And in describing this woman, what he is saying to you is that is the way to a happy life. A godly wife. A virtuous woman. A mother whose children will praise her because of her love. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Being a godly woman is a challenge today. Husbands, if you have one, tell her. Children, if you have one, tell her. If you don't have one, pray for her. Help her be what God wants her to be. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody's looking. Two things I'm going to ask from you very quickly. We'll not have a long invitation. But two things very quickly. Number one, this morning, you say, the message spoke to me, Pastor. 
whether you're a wife, a mother, a child, a husband, spoke to you in some capacity. You know there's something you need to work on. You say, pray for me. Nobody's looking but me. If that's you, lift your hand up. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can put them down. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do now. Nobody's looking. I want to encourage you this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you lifted your hand or if you didn't, the message is speaking to you. Why don't you step out and make your way to this altar right now? Woman, mother, husband, wife, child. The message spoke to you and you want to step out. Come on right now. Second question. And so important this morning. So important. You're here today. You've never been saved. You've never entered a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not a follower of Christ. You're not a Christian. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'd never do it, but I want to pray for you. I'm not sure you'd go to heaven, but you know you don't want to go to hell. Preacher, pray for me that I might be saved. Anyone this morning? Anyone? Father, thank you for the message that you've allowed us to deliver today. Lord, it's our desire that we strengthen the godly ladies. Lord, help us as men to celebrate the women that you've placed in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the influence that they have upon us as wives, as mothers, as grandmothers, as aunts, as friends, as family members. Lord, bless Brother Ken as he sings our invitation now. Christ's name. Brother Ken's going to sing just a verse. If God has spoken to you, I want you to step out right now. Don't put it off. Come on this morning. Brother Ken, sing for us. bowed can we just sing that same verse let's do it a cappella all over the building we'll go have thine own way have thine own way oh that's good have thine own way have thine own way thou art the potter i am the clay sing that now thou art the potter i am the clay Mold me and make me. Mold me and make me. After thy will. After thy will. While I am waiting. While I am waiting. Yielded and still. Amen. Look this way. Thank you so much for your attention this morning. I encourage you today, celebrate those ladies that God gives us. Amen.
No services tonight. Thank you for being here today. We'll meet again Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for Awanas and Bible Study. Fellas, the young man, I need your help as we uh, dismantle everything up here this morning and get ready for our child care graduation on Thursday night. Brother Ken, dismiss us in prayer. Let's fellowship together. Brother Ken, pray for us if you would. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, for the message you brought through our pastor today. God, we do all in here this morning, Lord. Thank you for our mothers. God, the impact they had on our life. God, the things they taught us. God, we can't love them enough. And Father, appreciate the love they showed toward us. Most of all this morning, Lord, we thank you, God, for the love you showed toward us as you sent your son, Jesus, to Calvary's cross, Lord, to die for our sins there. Father, no greater love's ever been shown to this world than what Christ has shown us. God, we thank you, Lord, for him. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, bless us all now as we go and have time with our families. God, uh, just we want to say we love you this morning because you first loved us. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. <laughs>